I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Welcome along to the Wiseman Safe Podcast, the Sun FM preview show, where we also have another defeat to talk about. Surprise, surprise with that one. We have a game against Ipswich, though, which we are going to preview. A lot to get in tonight. We're going to reflect on the transfer window as well. Business, or lack of it, depending on how or how you look at it. Well, it was a lot of it, wasn't it? But whether you were happy with that is another thing. So myself and Gareth are joined by regular Mickey Loft tonight, but we've also got another couple of guests in. You might have seen, if you follow us on social media, that Lee Howie is joining us tonight to talk about his book that is out today. Is that right, Lee? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah so I'm very, very happy and proud that it's actually done. i actually seen it in Waterstones today, so... Yeah, got a photograph. Did, took it. Did, did take a selfie? With I've the certainly book did. In the background. <laughs> <laughs> a lad, lad from Thorny who's played football and have a book in Waterstones is, uh, is 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 pretty spectacular. So yeah, so very proud, dear. Oh, that's good stuff. My neck of the woods, Thorny. Well, kind of. Grindon. I went to school in Thorny. It's not uh, Thorny, is it? It's kind. Of, well, you know, they're, they're like friendly rivals, aren't they? Separated by the Sandhills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Indeed, Tony Gillen's in as well, who has been on the show before. Of course, um, writer, columnist for the Sunderland Echo, and you've had a big part in the book, Tony. I gather you you was a big friend, yeah. We we were at school together. Lee was the year above me. <laughs> He's older. Uh, yeah, I did help, uh, but it's very much Lee's book. If I can, how can I put it? I'm the Andrew Ridgely in this arrangement. <laughs> Good way to describe it. Does he write you're books? Old enough. <laughs> as well as he plays guitar. <laughs> right, well we're going to talk about that We're going to get on to that specifically oh, Wham If you want to talk about Wham, we can talk about it Wham It might be better than Tuesday It might be It was a bit of a Wham in, in terms of disappointment Can I just try and be positive here straight away I didn't for one minute think Sunderland would win the game And I've been saying have positive I, have I, No, no, because listen, what I mean is Have I been saying, I'm talking about in context of this being a six-pointer Have I or have I not been saying for weeks on the show I don't think Birmingham will be in relegation trouble I think everyone Sort of said that. I think right. so. That makes it a little bit easier to swallow for me personally. But the fact that they, they only scored what eight goals the all season. And then yeah, that, yeah, that's not good. Aside, no, they can't score, put three past us. But yeah. that even, kind of even at the stadium, I like yeah, they, they were the better side. I mean, we mm. kind of argued about when we, we we drew, but really, you know, that would, we did welcome the way with the draw that game because I thought mm. they were a lot stronger than us. Yeah, they, they moved the ball better and they, they just looked a bit, you know, a bit cuter and clever and. They've got better players. They've got better players than us. They've got better squad than us. And I think it's just taken a little bit of a while for Cotterell to put his stamp on it, but he he has done now. I think they they, talked about it on Monday, about players finding a lot of space between the lines. Problem that we've got all the time. And they had... I mean, Davis played in behind uh, uh, Gallagher, who was excellent. Brilliant. He was really good against at the Stadium Light, I thought, and he was... Very good again, and then he just uh, yeah. Davis just picked up the space all the time. 
McGoma on the right hand side for them was excellent. You know, up against Oviedo had a, had a very good game, and you know the first you know said it before about the the ten you know we didn't tell what's going to happen in the game after the first ten minutes, and I was sitting there after ten minutes thinking yeah, we're in bother, and it never we did get a little foothold in the game. Um, and what, then three nil down. No, no. Yes. I mean, in the first half, we we had a little spell, and then a couple of corners yeah. in a row. That was uh, another thing yeah. that was about and it. Then concede, and then concede. They get runners going beyond, and people getting stuck towards the ball, and just it was you know basically. I think the the, the young lads really struggled. I know Coleman said a day about the you know it's about doesn't matter how old you are, you 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 know you're big enough to play if you're out there. And that was certainly, it was evident that certainly Clark Salter struggled with the physicality this week, and, and Browning was in his shell. Corner, you'll get the, you'll get stick and blame, but he was the best defender on the pitch for for us by by a stretch. Um, and he continued. Obviously, he's out injured now, isn't he? So he con- he was a bad. He is. It was a bad. It was a bad one. The, the, I thought he was finished. So and he, and he obviously he was. On the deck when they scored the second, and he was the only defender who could win a header for us all, all games. So, and he was the only one who competed physically. The rest of them just wilted across all. And then he went for Catmore as well. Robson in the middle struggled, wilted, just couldn't handle it. Birmingham in any capacity in the first half. Well, it's it's been our fundamental issue since we got into the championship. I think you know, looking at it from from myself, when I looked at even Fulham, I actually thought we'd beat Fulham because. Physically, they looked around about the same size as us, and 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 we ended up winning the game. But generally, when I see them lined up, you know, coming out, and I see some you know, big physical lads in the championship, you know, and and the game's played that way. Mm. Yeah, it's not the nice, you know, you have the ball, we have the ball in the in the Premiership where the cleverer lads could can get on the ball. It's a lot more physical. It is a lot more maybe one dimensional. You get up to the big man, second balls, push on, and then play around the box. And we're struggling. I mean, we're struggling physically. And I think it taught as well. I mean, mentally as well. I think we're very fragile. So sometimes you know, we see we go one one down, and you can just see it was melting really at times. And I just don't yeah. think because of the years that we've had struggling in the Premiership, and now I think we are in a position where mentally we're very very fragile. And as soon as we go down, we look as our team that's going to get beat. Just it's, following on from that, I think my biggest frustration this season has been with Sunderland. We concede goals at key times. And when we do, like Lee just said, there we never recover from it. So even Some earlier, we don't recover from going behind but, at any time. In but the game. early one, when was the last time? When was that? What's that stat you've got, guys? When was the last we, time we, at home? We've come from behind to win twice in six years. But right. my general, <laughs> my general point is, though, it's just like I mean, you look even further back in the season. At Brentford, you go in at half time, you three one up, you're cruising. We can't say the stupid goal early in the second half. Cardiff, you go on at nil nil, and you're probably a bit fortunate to be nil nil at half time. But you go on your nil nil down, you think you regroup, come back out second half, and try and go again but we concede a silly goal just after half time on Tuesday we would just begin to get a little foothold in the game we had that nice little spell and then we concede the goal and then you think to yourself right getting 1-0 at half time and again you can change things again we concede the goal right on half time I know Corner was on the was on the deck injured and if he'd been in that position maybe the goal wouldn't have happened but we still conceded and then in the second half you're just thinking right okay if we can get an early goal in the second half we can perhaps get back into the game and then again we'll concede at daft time go 3-0 down with Stuart goal and I just think it's costing us time after time after time this season we'll hear from Chris Coleman his reaction to it we, we can't afford to look at any game coming in front of us and think we can have you know we, we can just go at 70-75% we can't we just can't do it we've just got absolutely 
max out and you know I can't say that enough it's not uh, you know we're not really we can't go anywhere we can't go down we can't go up all our games are massive the three points are six points um, it doesn't matter who we're playing again it's, it's all about us you know it's all about us and getting it right for us and um, you know we had an opportunity there we still haven't had back-to-back wins all season and when you don't do that you know you're always you're climbing a climbing a mountain because the good thing is there's enough games where we can change that but clearly we need to change something something about ourselves the next one we get maybe have to look at it and, and do things completely different to make sure then we go on to the next one uh, that's something for me to look at but um, there's not one game we, we can look at and think it's okay actually if we don't get it this time it's not every game we've got home or away we've got to be maxing out um, and not giving the opposition easy goals and we did that Tuesday night uh, and that's what was really disappointing forget you know we last 20-25 minutes yeah we're 3-0 down then forget having a rally when you're 3-0 down have a rally up when it's 0-0 that's when you you know that's when you stand up uh, and that disappointed me on, on Tuesday night I think reflecting on Coleman's comments there and the game in general, the important question to ask him, Mickey, is what was Gareth's conversation like in the car on the way down to Birmingham? Um, I bet he found, found something boring to speak about, did he? Um, no, um, Gareth was thoroughly entertaining on the way there oh, and back. So, and back. Listen to the way Gareth came in there went and back, as if, to say, and back. As, as if to point out that there was like a particular piece of conversation was that interesting on the way back. I can't even remember uh, what we, I talked about, to be honest. We had, a, we had a little bit of a deliberation on the way down where we were stuffing tra- traffic for quite a prolonged period. And Gareth was debating whether he, whether he had time to jump out and uh, relieve himself and then get back <laughs> in the car um, in the time we stuck the traffic jam because he was that desperate, so... Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I it. That's the most interesting thing. I didn't... Well, uh, it sounds, like a great, it sounds like I, a great journey. I didn't, and I made it uh, to a safe location. And, uh, <laughs> and there was no soilage. So, you know, everyone was happy in the end. especially a beautiful anecdote. Me. It was. It was. <laughs> this is the kind of things that happen when you're in a car with me. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it, it, he's right about the, the rallying thing. I mean, if you want to be positive about it, I mean... It is annoying when you see a team start playing when they're three 0 down. Yeah, but the other the, the other team stopped playing when they're three yeah. 0 up. But I tell you what, if we'd got the second goal, they would have been in serious bother. Oh, come on, I'm t- I'm s- they would. I mean, it's it's would have. Yeah. Uh, no, books. you're right. You're right. But they would have been. They, they were panic. They were panicking in three one big time. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. That I'm not going to do the Simon Grayson. We had them on the ropes when we were four two down or, or whatever. Ipswich. Not not talking about that. I'm just saying they. Like, because they're down the bottom for a reason as well, as well as they've played against us. When we've played them, and, and other reports have, have suggested they've played quite well in games against opposition. But you know, they, they were down the bottom. They were bottom of the league before we played them the other night. Um, and I think had we got that second goal, we might have somehow managed to to, to get that equaliser. And we had one off the line, one off the post. Keeper made about three saves at the end. Um, you know, we 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 had them under pressure, um, but it was. Far too little, far too late, and it, it, we did get into the game because, firstly, because Birmingham dropped off slightly, but secondly, um, Luar Luar thought changed the game for, for Sunderland when he came on. But you hear Chris's comments there; you can hear his frustration. Yeah. I mean, they said, "Got to go full tilt." Why seventy-five percent? That, that's my that's always my gripe about the team. Why not start from whistle one and have a go? 
Mm. Why we're sitting back? Why we're not pressing? Why we're not? And I know Chris has got his system, and we, we play you know, three at the back, or five at the back sometimes. But it just seems as though we're quite happy to just do enough and not more. And and that's sometimes that's my disappointment. I, I'm really, you know, I, I, I was not. I wasn't like you say. But I, I actually thought we would do something after the back of what was a better performance against Hull. Yeah, it wasn't great, but we won. And I thought, go on, bit of confidence. Especially the young lads got a little bit of confidence out there. You just hope that they can go on, but it, again, it's just typical Sunderland, I suppose, mm. as well. And and it actually then proves that the young lads, well, they are talented and stuff. They need help, and and obviously we're, we're trying to get. And, to, and to, to be it, fair, well, to be fair to to, to Sorrow and Madger, um the experienced players would have would have struggled because oh, they, they gave them like the, the some of the they were just. Humping the ball, it it was just bottle jobs from 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 other players where they just thought we've got an out ball here and just knock it and it, it's really frustrating because it, you just it's a surrendering responsibility. They, they didn't want to do what they needed to do at the right time. They were just like, well, I've got an out ball, I'll just launch it. Well, I don't think even Josh Madges, I know ball. He's not a no. big centre forward. You can just smash it up to. He's going to hold it up. He needs quality into his feet. He's very, very, he's very technically he's good, yeah. isn't he, on the ball. He brings people into play. But you've got to give him some quality in there. And all, all of a sudden, we, for me, we're just defending the box and just, just launching it forward. Yeah. And mm. we, it's always going to come back. Exactly. Yeah. And like, especially you know, in the midfield, when having the best of games, Honeyman didn't play it too well. Robson didn't play it too well. Um, and Catamol didn't either. And the ball was just coming back all the time. We couldn't get a hold of it. Um, and it was... The, the amount of pressure we're under in the first 20-25 minutes was a, the amount of pressure across a 90-minute game against Birmingham you should be being put under, and it's all it's inevitable. And like we say about the, you know, the first goal and the third goal, the keeper comes into question again. Um, you know, it, it, you can't. That was laughable that third goal by the. I keeper. don't know what he's doing. He's you know, put your knee up. What's, what's Do you know going? what I mean? Like no, put your, put your knee up. Like why why is he? You know, just protect like, yourself. Yeah. Don't. He, like, he, he got, the he hand, got there and then stopped out. himself. Oh no! But not yeah, do that. No. It was ridiculous, comical. Put your I knee mean, up and smash him. Take him out. He's not going to get a penalty you, against you. Look for me as well, which really upsets us. Obviously, being involved with some some some, some of the keepers out there. I've been with the the uh, the Cardiff ball where the lad stood in his way and he was just he just pushed and just held his hand up. You know, some keepers would just be punching through yeah. you. You know, that, and that's where he's, he yeah. doesn't seem to be aggressive. He doesn't seem to command. Well, that's special to the team, doesn't it? What starts with your keeper, doesn't it? Yeah, and and as a defender, you know, being there a few times, when a keeper comes out and gives you a big shout and he's up and he's and he's maybe clapping the other centre forward and he's got the ball in his hands and you can just you can have a breather, you feel confident. But at this moment in time, I don't think the lads at the back have that confidence in either keeper. So and we've brought a keeper in and we've brought he's brought five players in throughout January. Um, interesting because that means seven lone players. He can only put five in his five match, in, in his match day squad. Galloway, discount him. But yeah. there's going to be one. There's going to be one who misses out everywhere. Anyway, we could talk about that in a little bit. Um, as the next player, Lee. So you've been involved in Sunderland teams before that have obviously struggled before Peter Reid come in to sort of uh, revitalise things. But what I sense was different then was you know the way Coleman's thrown these players under a bus and saying well, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here. So now all these players are suddenly hoping that all these new lads coming in are going to make a difference. Is that what they'll be genuinely hoping now? Because it doesn't look like they believe in themselves enough without an input of you new just, players. I think even from Chris's point, I think you're just looking for a spark. Again, I think the difference was when we we were struggling. We had 
we had quite a few local lads, and and it and it didn't and it did matter, and it really did matter. And then we went out. Yeah, we might not have been the best technically or stuff there, but but the work rate was there, and we we, we wanted we wanted to make the, make change. But I think in terms of when you get a new face in. Be, I think my time was like a Phil Gray turns up and we had a few signings and all of a sudden you're just wanting that spark just to give yourself, you know, turn the game, just something like a lower lower, just being able to do something and spark the crowd. I think you just, in a football, you just want that momentum to change and at the moment it's against us and you and I think that's, again, the signings, we're probably going about them. Will it be a good signing? We don't know. We never know until they get on that pitch Come Saturday, we can have a look at them and then see if they have made a difference. Well, we just tried to find yeah. out about one of them because we spoke with Gibbo from do you want to do that now, do you? We'll put that on. Uh, he obviously spoke about Ijari, who's probably the one we know the least about, if we're being honest. So we spoke to Gibbo to ask his opinion um, on, the, on the lad coming in. And then when he started training with the first team, he, he really impressed everyone and, and looked really good in pre-season last year. So, yeah, as I say, he's, he's one of those players. I think that the, the better the players he plays with and and, uh, and the higher the stakes are, the more it seems to get out of him. I mean, you said that, that a bit of inconsistency, but I guess that's a sort of natural with the young players. Yeah, it is, especially, especially someone like him. He's a very skillful player. He's a player who tries to make things happen. You know, he won't... You'll notice him in a game of football. You know, he wants to he wants to make things happen in the game, and he wants to try and um, you know influence the game really. So those those type of players, a flair player, if you like, sometimes you know it, it won't quite you know go off for him. But at least at least he's trying something, and at least he's you know he, he wants to make an impact on a game of football. Yeah, and Sunderland, of course, really needing that bit of bit of magic, bit of spark. Do you think this is a good move for him? I think it's a fantastic move for him. I think it's 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 a, it's it's perfect all around. Really, I think sometimes when when players at clubs like Liverpool um, drop down, uh, they can find it quite tough. I think they can find it a bit of a culture shock. If if we're perfectly honest, you know, where they get from even from our academy where where they, they, they get too well too well looked after. If you ask me personally, but that's that's for another day. But but you know, and then they turn up somewhere like. Well, I don't know, like Crew or Betty, where it's kind of very rough and ready, and they're suddenly thrown into a, a you know, um, those types of dressing rooms. They can kind of struggle. Sunderland is, you know, is 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 a, a top class club in terms of the facilities, in terms of what's there. Obviously, the results haven't been great, but you know, he's, he's not going somewhere where where you know that it's 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 it's, it's you know, dodgy changing, changing rooms and, and, and things that are going to be, you know, alien to him. He's going somewhere where the facilities are first class and I think that'll help. I think he's, he's the type of individual who's very determined. I think the fact that he's had to prove himself. He actually got released by Arsenal and, and came to Liverpool and the fact that he's, he's not been someone who's been told how brilliant he is his, his kind of whole life, I think means he'll go there with a slightly different attitude than, than some of our lads have on loan. So I think it's all set up and the fact that there's the sort of kind of nothing to lose really for him there there won't be a huge expectation on him I don't think to come out and you know and, and get the team playing but I think he'll surprise a few people because you know as I say he is willing to kind of throw his hands up and, and, and take responsibility on the football Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Gibbo saying there won't be loads of expectation on that. I'm not sure about that. We're kind of all hoping he's going to be some world beater. Which there's no um, <clears throat> justification in thinking that, but we can all hope it, can't we? He's been dubbed the English Pogba, so there you go. Well, who yeah. by? Yeah, <laughs> how often do you hear those comparisons? And how often do how often do his that dad actually, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> to be true. I'm sure it's just a thing we do in this country. We just find out the nationality, and then just a player we played in this position, and automatically just double match for like for purposes. Didn't they say El Mohammed was the Egyptian David the Beckham Egyptian when we signed him? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I well, can't remember Beckham just turning around and going back with his full back every time he had the ball, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I, can't remember, in, didn't he? I can't remember Beckham just having the ball just lumped up to him from the keeper every single time yeah. as well. Yeah. Probably got to do with El Mohamedy's uh, height and physicality at the moment. You'd probably take El Mohamedy back at the moment, would you? Oh, God. I don't even want to think about it because if that's where we are, well, that is where we are, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. He probably would. My God. But yeah. So it, we move on from the Birmingham game swiftly. You want to talk about the? I was talking about the players we brought in, I guess. Since on the, we'll on do the a quick five minutes on that, and then we'll get on to the because well, that'll be more interesting. Well, yeah, well, link, yeah. I guess linking it together, Luar Luar obviously came on um, against Birmingham, and I was really surprised. Um, he uh, the ball stuck to him. Um, the ball was coming back, and then when he got on the pitch, there was one passage where he held off about five Birmingham players. And he just kept on. He got fouled about twice, and the referee let it go. And then he got fouled a third time. But he was using his body, you know, put put like sort of crouching, putting his knee up, blocking people off. And he kept the ball. He came out with the ball, and he had to foul him. And then he was linking up with people. Um, you know, he's he was going wide and cutting in, and you know, he was he was causing problems. And then McGeady came on, and he was excellent. He looked like the player he did mm. in the first two months of the season. He was quicker across the grass. Moving his feet quicker, he was linking up with people. Um, it was great, but you know, the, obviously, Luwalawa is not going to start at the weekend because he said he, he's, he's reiterating the point he's not fit, so he, I can't imagine he'll start. I'd start him, I'd start him, would you? I'd bring him off half time, but I'll give, give him an hour. Mm. I think with Luwalawa, he's got that pierce as well, a bit of power as well. Again, that physicality where if you're giving it up to him and he's turning, all of a sudden you think that if the, the defenders. Awfully, Vibs, which might just step off a little bit and give them that little bit extra. I think with the young lads, they can, they, they they go really tight, and they you know they give them a bit of physicality themselves. But we just need that out, wherever it is. If it's Pierce, if it's is a bit of technical technical ability, I'm just looking for some positives because mm. I'll be there on Saturday. I want to say something different. Luwalo was unlikely to make the team any worse. Let's be perfectly no. blunt about that. Well, you look you look like the, you know the kind of player. That you see other teams have, where 
you know, you've been in the Premier League for 10 years and you come down into the Championship and you look at the team and go, none of, none of them are getting our team. And then you lose 3-0 and you're like, oh, right, OK. And maybe we need more of those players. Yeah, well, who, we, we kind of touched on that yeah. on Monday, didn't we? And said, like, like, you don't mind whether these players are good on paper if there's yeah. thought behind how they're going to fit into your team because that's where Sunderland have been going wrong for as long as we can all remember. It's still interesting to see which one of these players are going to be left out. Well, at the, the squad, at the there's weekend, no way this keeper's not going to go into the first no. team. At the, well, at the weekend, <clears> I think it's the, the decision will be made for him because Clark Salter went off. He was struggling. He went So, a couple of things. We went, we'll have to go to a back four at the weekend because we've lost Cornier. We've lost, I think we've lost Clark Salter. Is O'Shea still out? Has he confirmed? No, he just O'Shea's did, back. He? He just oh, did. sorry, Cornier. Yeah. Yeah, Clark yeah, Salter's yeah. got a hamstring problem and he, he struggled for about 10 minutes <clears> and then he went off and he was holding his hamstring. Yeah, but he might bring Wilson in. Oh, I forgot about him. You haven't signed him permanently, bro. No, no, but I'm just, no, I'm just talking about the formation. Oh, right, no, sorry, I thought no, no, no. Um, we'll just, we'll just mean formation. Formation wise, he could go three. He could go three at the back. Okay, so yeah. but we played better with a four in the second half. So that's maybe something he'd consider because he could bring McGeady in wide. He could put Honeyman wide. See if he's not going to start the Wallawa, and then he could put Ajari and Williams in, and uh, cut them all maybe in the middle, and then Fletcher up front. That that's probably. I don't think that might be. That might not be too far away from the. Is he going to put Fletcher 11. straight up front ahead of the two lads that are being playing? You can't just throw them all in straight away, can you? Can you? I think you oh, have to. I, I think you have to. Yeah. I, I think he's looking for something, oh. and even if you just get them, get them, got them on the pitch because the, the, they've arrived and they want to play, and then that's what I think you came from. What, yeah. what Chris said, they've come with a bit of a smile on the face. Go play them instead of yeah, stick them on the bench. Not we... smile off the face. <laughs> <laughs> but let's all, yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. You, just keep saving, get that momentum from them. They're coming. They want to maybe show something. Let's well give give them the, the opportunity to do that rather than you know we'll bring you on for fifteen minutes. Yeah. I think as fans want to see it as well. We, you know, we are at the time quite frustrated about what's going on. But I, if we get a few new faces in there, hey, anything can happen. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm open for the po- got, positive we, side. Winning our last home game helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it, it had we, you know, we've been awful at home generally in the last couple of years. But we've won a couple since Coleman's been here, and I think winning the last game at Hull makes you feel a little bit safer about this game being at home, Ipswich, doesn't it? Because if Hull had came and turned us over last week, you'd be dreading playing again. But some of these young lads in particular who played really well against Hull, they're probably happy for a home game now. We got beat just, off Ipswich been... 5-2 earlier in the season. so Did Ipswich are a lot better at home than they are away, though. They've, they've won four away, even, even Sutherland have won three. It's something to go at, you know. Yeah. Well, generally, teams when they defend, when they come away, they generally have a, a defensive sort of setup, and it gives you the opportunity then to be more progressive. As, as, and I think we were against Hull. I think we we were more progressive, went forward a little bit more than than obviously you see the away games, and it's just you know, edge of the box stuff, which is which is which is difficult to watch. Which is also a case for playing uh, Fletcher as well as Madger. Bearing in mind, it was, uh, seemed to think we we're only going to play four at the back. That frees up a place. I guess it, with Fletcher, you know, he'll bring, you know, that uh, some physicality up front. Yeah. Def- obviously, six foot three. You know, yeah, out of all the new, yeah, out of all the new signings, it's the keeper and it's Fletcher who you'd think would be in absolutely going yeah. into the first team, wouldn't you? If, if, a, if any, if the Jar is a creative mid, a creative midfielder though, we ain't got a creative centre midfielder. I know. Hun- Will he start him though? Honeyman he comes straight from Liverpool under twenty three. Is he going to start him? 
I don't know. Is he not going to keep him all the... I mean, bear in mind, Robson played the last I game guess, in midfield. Well, played well as well. I guess, Williams, I guess Williams is still coming back, and he so he, he might miss out completely, I yeah. guess there's an argument to say that. Um, and, and Robson might keep his place with Catamore. But but we, we're guessing, I think, again, when I, when I talk about who's... Who, Chris and his Chris and his staff will look at the guys in training, in amongst them, and if he believes that you know, the, the new signings are looking good and fresh and so forth, I, I think he'll yeah. stick them all in. If if he's a bit, well, do you know what? Maybe maybe keep this one back. Or th- then I think we'll, I'm looking forward. Hopefully, thinking on Saturday he plays them all because I can't think of them making the team worse. If, if we, I mean, that's why he's brought them in, to make us better. Well, we've only got 17 games left. Apart from the lad they've got from Albion Rovers, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may be called to shot, right? um, He's quite highly rated, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, we've had... He'd be in the team, so imagine that. He's, he he's, just, he's, he's only one, yeah. the only one who starts. <laughs> um, I, the, the, uh, we've got 17 games left, haven't we? We've played 29, so we've got 17 left. You know, how... Back to back wins and having no back to back wins, you can't no. stay up with that, can no, you? You, 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 you? Stop knocking that off. You, you cannot. Um... Earth, wind, and fire CD. Now, then, and forever. There you go. Moving earth, wind, and fire to start the conversation. That, that's a stat that we seem to we seem to have been talking about for the last five years. Sunderland and back to back wins. Uh, I think Allardyce won three in a row. And we we just thought it was unbelievable, didn't we? Yeah. Um, can can you stay up? Can you can you stay up if you don't if you're not capable of winning back to back games? You can't, can you? Yeah. On this current course that we're on the minute, we're going down. That's that that that's the reality of it. We we are one of the three worst teams in in, in currently our current form, it, it, and it proves that well. We second bottom still. It's tough. We I need mean, to change. I mean, it is mad, isn't it? When you I'm sort of digress slightly, but I'm saying we've got 17 games left. We've brought the players in. Can you hold them back when you've only got you've got 17 games? We've only won. Four all season or five all season, whatever it is. So, you need another five at least to give yourself a chance. And if you believe these players are influential enough to to win your games, and you've brought them in, then you've got to try and get them in the team as soon as you possibly can, so they get used to playing with the other players who are already there. I guess before the half time for the negativity, get all of them. Well, well. yeah, they've got you know, and I think everyone's desperate to see some fresh faces. I mean, Chris Coleman. I know we talked when when Grayson was here and said this team is better than than where they are and he should be doing better. I believe that because Coleman hasn't had the luxury to pick the players that like, uh, Grayson had to pick because of all the injuries. Mm. So Coleman's had a situation where he's having to play. He's he's given debuts to people all over the place, kids, eighteen, nineteen year old lads who are coming in to to, to play against seasoned. Like players who probably played in the Premier League for a bit of spell, and now they're in the Championship. You know, players who probably come from Premier League, you know, setups and have been in the Championship. Obviously, we talk about the physicality. Every team we play is bigger than us and stronger than us mm. because we've we've got a lot of shorter players and younger players in there. So, you know, if you've got people, I mean, you look at someone like uh, Ajaria. Is yeah, he's a young player, but he's what he's about six two, and he's a tall lad, and you've got. Um, Fletcher, who's good pedigree from Man United, he was at West Ham, big fee in the summer. So people obviously rate him. You know, the, you you've got to get them in um, and, and just freshen it up. And I bet you the the players who have been in the team at the moment are probably thinking it's obviously you'd be disappointed to miss out some of them. But at the same time, the ones who are playing with them will be thinking the cavalry's arrived. 
thank you know look up and see somebody else someone different yeah. someone does That's something and it gives you, said. <laughs> get, you know gives you something a lift yeah there's nothing that gives you a lift yeah. seeing, seeing somebody else do something well on the pitch yeah. helping you out it's been difficult as well like you say there's lots of injuries there i mean the treatment the treatment room must be packed full of <laughs> you know, seasoned professionals yeah. in there and you do sometimes just need to freshen it up and give gives chris i suppose a bit of breathing space to let these get back and once they do get back you feel as though the squad's a bit healthier then the competition starts and then you think but we need it sooner rather than later I mean we're talking now about options whoever you pick we're talking about options so before it was like they'll have to play because there's nobody else you know that that's a situation that's changed yeah, but we're talking about Birmingham we've lost two again yeah so and that just seems to be this cycle that we have whether or not it's it's just if we, if this cycle we're on we, we play a game we get a couple back and a couple go out it's, it's, it's a difficult situation in the minute right I think we should just talk to Lee now about his career and about the book and stuff. We've done enough of that, haven't we? Enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> enough of that. Yeah, I'm surprised we've waited as long as we have, to be honest. So, right. <coughs> when did it come in your mind, Lee? Do you want to, firstly, to remind people what the book's called and uh, generally, I mean, well, people know what an autobiography well, is. Well, I've tried to promote it as best I can. Uh, it's massively violent, decidedly average. So, uh, Why? <laughs> again I think uh, it wasn't something that obviously when I first started I, I always was wondering what, what I would call the book and it was it's, it's a very difficult and, and then you think oh Lee how will he and then you think no that's very predictable <laughs> uh, so I was at a premier predictable but people would have accepted it I think, <laughs> yeah. if I'm being honest. yeah 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 but again then, then sometimes it's maybe some people think is it about you and your brother and I just think maybe not so I it's 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 not it's definitely not it's uh, football memoirs so and so I was this, just this is nothing like from childhood this starts from no 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 it's ch so it's a lot so it's a lot of stories from grown up oh, okay people I used to play with around the doors and trying to just get that nostalgia thing and, and having a bit of a joke and, mm -hmm. and a laugh around about where we all grew up, Thorny, Grindon, and just and just that, you know, we were virtually like semi-feral kids at the time. You know, not like now where you just you're getting lifted and, and we, we were let loose. I mean, we were just so it's just a bit of nostalgia, so that the reader can feel the time that we were in, and 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 then just going through the journey that 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 I took because as a football person and football playing and, and obviously mm -hmm. in, in local league school football, etc. That progression just seemed to be taking a, a normal path, and then I left school and went to Ipswich, and then it all went das absolutely terribly mm. wrong. I had three knee operations and was told, "That's it, you're done." Mm. I mean, I was I, I was supposed to be getting sent one. I'm going to blame your Katie for not receiving one. To be honest, otherwise I would have been able to cue you in yeah. better because I would have had a flick through as it is. We're just relying on you to 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 do all this. So, from an early age, I mean, you it was obvious to you both that you you were going to be footballers growing up oh, from I, an early age I don't think you can always say that you're going to be a footballer I lived, slept, drank football like we all did ran in for a jam sandwich and back out you know that was that was just the way it was it, you just played football just non-stop was Tony any good? I don't think I ever seen Tony <laughs> next <play>. question <laughs> <laughs> well Tony was always you know it's like a school he was a year younger so they were just you know they were just you know, I, only, I only ever really Knew Tony at school, as I'd seen him. That was about it. It wasn't until I got to uh, you know, we left school and so far, and he was we, we were in the same friend circle, I suppose, of, uh, with that. But uh, no, it, the progression was we just just went. I was I just carried on playing, and it was Sunderland boys, and then you with some good players. I mean, I, at the time we yeah, had was Clive Mendonca and 
uh, and, and and Clyde went on to uh, to Charlton and scored them three goals yeah. against us. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but we had a, a good set of good set of lads around that age group, and then all of a sudden you go into Sunderland and you go into Newcastle and you go into these certain clubs. Lads have gone to Manchester United, and that was it. When you got to fifteen, sixteen. You either went from schoolboy, and some of the lads got released, and some of us went on to become apprentices. So who was it? Who was it? Ipswich when you went there, Bobby Robson? Or? So if you remember the that great Ipswich side, it was just dis, just disbanded. I mean, so Bobby had just left for Barcelona, I think, and Sorry, uh, <laughs> and Bobby Ferguson just took over. But but they built the big stand, and so far, and all of a sudden that that team just just went. So the, I mean, when I was there, Alan Brazil was just just about to leave. Uh, Paul Cooper, the, the the goalkeeper, was there. The, the the Dutch lads weren't there, but Paul Mariner. There was there was Harry Gates, uh, uh, Millsy, Terry Butcher was still there. Uh, Terry Butcher, obviously Russell Osman. Uh, so there was some great international still there, uh, but eventually they all they all were sold. And then you got injured playing just like youth team level and, and stuff. Reserve. I was uh, I got told I was playing in the first team. By Bobby Bobby uh, Ferguson, he came into the. Uh, you want to keep yourself right. You pull in Bradford on Saturday. I was flying. I was scoring goals for fun for the reserves, and it was a reserve game. Uh, so I was right up for it. I think about twenty minutes had passed, and I'd already scored. I was I was high on confidence, and then uh, I had a collision with uh, Sherwood, the goalkeeper. Tim, not Tim, the uh, the big goalkeeper. Who had the uh, it headed out of his hands off uh, by uh, Andy Gray. Andy Gray. I can't remember his first name, right. but we we collided I know, just I know outside the box. Goal, you mean in the league uh, final or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We and we we landed, and he landed on my ankle and broke my ankle. So then what happened? Then you took a step back and just played semi-pro. And how did? Because you you know you, I can remember as a kid, you just sort of appearing. You know, obviously I w- I wouldn't have been as well informed as maybe as, as adults were and, yeah. and stuff. But I I just remember sort of as as a kid, you just then. Just appearing from nowhere, and everybody obviously knew that you had a brother who played for Newcastle, yeah. and you were kind of at an age where it's like, oh, where's this come from? And then suddenly, you were scoring in the reserves, and then I remember my dad, and my uncle, and everybody saying, "Put him in, put him in," and then you were first team before yeah. you know. Well, I was twenty-three, uh, which but to I... me at the time was really old. Was <laughs> <laughs> really young. I wish I was, I was twenty-three bit, now. It was, it, was, it was a long road. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd came back and tried, but my knee was in tatters. I mean, it, it actually, it actually healed, bent. So it's, I had a bent knee all 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 this time. It was just just continuously just used to swell every time I tried to do any physical exercise. But I'm still young, still want to play. So tried Gateshead, then moved away from Gateshead, then got a chance to go to Belgium and was there for two and a half years. Then just left Belgium, but it was before the bossman and I couldn't play for anybody, not a soul, not even the pub team. And I come to about a year and then I got released out of that. Could play semi-professional football, so I ended up playing for Red Star, same Red Star. And then signed for Plains Farm Club, <laughs> which was which is was an eye opener. And then uh, and just from there, and then Terry Butcher got the job at Sutherland, and I just thought I would get me chance at least one go at, mm. at, at, at doing it again. And so he, do you think he just remembered you? And oh, I, I'm sure he remembered us. We play a lot of uh, practice games where the youths would have to play against the first team before a game. You know, line up like this. This is how Aston Villa line up and stuff like that. So, mm. and I'd, I'd clap them a couple of times as a 16 year old. He clattered us back many, many times more, but I think he just remembered who mm. I was. And at the time, his one of his assistants was there was uh, was Bobby Bobby Ferguson, and Bobby always had a bit of a soft spot as so well. The so. Stars aligned for you in a way like that. Exactly it's, that. It's always interesting to see that aspect, isn't it? Because obviously, you, you know, you don't need me to tell you how, how 
Terry Butcher is remembered as a Sunderland manager generally by Sunderland fans and it's similar to when you know Michael Proctor used to do the show of us and he said similar things about Howard Wilkinson mm. who's thought of in a certain way by Sunderland fans but he was the one who gave Michael his chance Yeah. so it's different looking at it from different points of view I, uh, I get invited every year to the, uh, the former players uh, Hall of Fame to Ipswich and I tend to go down and, I'll, I'll, and, and, and Terry's normally always there and Terry, Terry is very much you know, he, he understands he's made quite a lot of mistakes he's very much you know, I, I'm, he's very sincere in terms of he wished it was better he's, he's a top bloke he is a top bloke but just things just didn't go well for him and he's, he's I think he, he, even now he's think he says his man management skills were pretty poor I mean in terms of when I went there that was the shock for me so that was the transition I went from fun to being sat on that bus and and realizing how the whole concept and everybody worked and seeing how Terry was, who was absolutely my hero. When I seen him being captain of England and captain of Ipswich, he was completely different, mm. and and he really upset some of the senior pros. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was it was mayhem. Mm. It was absolutely horrendous. Did that change your relationship with him, Tony, with Lee, when he started playing for Sunderland and you all got in the games and stuff? Oh, very suddenly, much so. suddenly he's playing. Yeah, I could hurl abuse at him and uh, with complete impunity by this stage. It wasn't like at school. <laughs> no, I don't remember. You get a bit of a vicarious pleasure when you see someone who you know actually make it onto the pitch. Because one of the things we discussed was um, Lee was like... One of the themes of the book is obviously Lee was not... He didn't win 50 caps for England. He didn't win the Champions League, which means that some people won't read it. God knows why they do that. But just to be on the pitch at all. I'd, I'd love to have played one minute for Sunderland and be in the record books, even if I didn't kick the ball. I would absolutely love that. I would never stop talking about it. The fact that he actually came in, played for a few years, got some vital goals and basically had a good career. Mm. You know, he downplays it, but this, this lad played in the Premier League and, um, as I say, scored a few vital goals and went on to write this magnificent book. <laughs> I, I must admit, if it wasn't for Tony, again, Mike obviously headed the ball many, many times. My memory <laughs> for detail is very, very short. So I would, I, we would talk about stuff and things that happened and Tony would come back and you've got to get this rightly. You have to get this right. The fans will want to know. And so he would come back and go, no, it wasn't that year. It wasn't him and he never played. And so, <laughs> so I'd have to go back. So we'd have to go back a year or two and then we'd find the game and so forth. So we'd get it right. So chronologically and, and stuff that but Tony's been able to research for us to be able to get it right has is, is, is been been invaluable really for, for us to be able to, to complete the book. Really. Uh, well, you're talking about the current Sunderland squad looking for a spark and what little things can change form. In your case, or the side you played, it, that was just Peter Reid, wasn't it? In his influence, would you say, or was it Mordewood? Peter Reid and Bobby. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Saxton. Yeah, yeah, and Bobby. But if you think the way it was, we didn't start that great. We were mid-table. Mm. And I think for me, that Millwall game where we win six, it's just... My favourite game as a kid, yeah. that I'll never forget it, 6-0. It, it was just phenomenal. And I think Craig, Craig Russell could have scored about five or six. I think he missed an absolute... Well, he got sit. four, didn't he? I think, and, yeah. and, and he missed the easiest one. Mm. It could have been many. And I think from that time, I think we realised that they were top of the table. Mm. <laughs> He's not the right noise, Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's got to be there. But from that moment, I think, changed the mentality of the dressing room. They were top of the league and ended up getting relegated. Mm. I mean, that's how much we were mid-table and yeah, ended up... McCarthy was a yeah. manager. Yeah. 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 And we, we, uh, we just had this 
inevitability. We were in the dressing room and we went out together. We socialised together. We went out and had a few fights together, which is all in there. And all that sort of stuff, we just bonded so closely and became, became, became unbeatable towards the end of that. Did you just take it all in your stride or did, did you sometimes have to pinch yourself and think like, you know, it's just really happening. I guess, I don't want to speak about your profile. I'm sure somebody would ask a question about it when we look through the tweets in a bit. I've only got about three minutes left. So, um, so the, did, the, basically the question did, that, did, is, did that, no, did that make a difference? <laughs> no, because obviously, you know, you, you've got a brother who's involved in the Premier League and everything like that, or you've got to think about your own career. Did, did you, or were you just, did you feel like you belonged to be there the whole time? Uh, no, uh, definitely not. It took us a while, but I think that season when I was involved with Peter and I was involved virtually in the 38, 38 games that season, my knee was not playing us up too much. I was either playing centre forward, centre half, I was either on the bench coming on. So. I believe then, and because it was then, and I scored a few goals, I believe then I, I thought, you know what, I deserve to be here. But it took us virtually the Peter Reid area to, to really, really feel as that. And when it come to our statements, they were playing on another stratosphere then. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. the Newcastle he was earning thousands of thousands of pounds a week, and it was it was a different world to me. That that, that I just couldn't even get my head around that. So in terms of him and me, yeah. it wasn't there wasn't any comparison really at the time. We don't. We don't have to cut it down for a minute. Are you going to get some tweets up? Of, of there's only, there's only a couple. Like everyone just, everyone was just tweeting. Um, Is it true what they say about your brother? <laughs> uh, bit, I'm not even joking. Well, I've I, I, I tried to be diplomatic here, but the person who actually came up with the chant was absolutely spot on. Do you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's such, the thing is, like, like all, all joking aside, that's such an iconic chant now that's just been passed on down the. Yeah. Down the generation. Yeah. yeah. You often you just sometimes you'll walk over the bridge after a game and it's just quiet and then somebody will just shout it yeah. and everybody just everybody it's, just joins in and sings it. I, as I say that I, I hear it and I've, I've been a few away games over the years when I've worked down London or so far and I've got well, played in the Cup Milton Keynes and so far so I've gone a few and I just sit there when we cap on the stuff and the, the shouting and I and I look at the lads and I thought they weren't even born when I was playing so <laughs> you just think it is it's become an iconic tune and I've yeah. I'm absolutely delighted, but, but then it comes a virtually anti-Newcastle song. There's lots to it, mm. but it's simple. It's to the point, <laughs> and yeah, it's rude. Fair play, yeah. It's a bit crude, but, but I tell you what, I'm super, super proud that the that'll go on and on and on. And this, yeah, I'm I'm not known as Lee Howie. I'm known as Lee Howie, Lee Howie, Lee Howie. Everywhere <laughs> yeah. I go, three times. Three times. <laughs> I, I actually was at a thing where your brother was talking. Actually, and he told a story about you saying he was in like. Africa or something like that, and he was on this minibus driving along, and the window was open, and this bloke walked past the window. Yeah, Liao, Liao, Liao. All my mates go all over the fan. world and get <laughs> and get Chinese people and stuff to sing it, and, and but that's uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's catchy and it's to the point. Uh, Certainly but, that. But the time um, when I first came out, I was with Mickey Gray warming up and uh, just down the full end, and I could see Mickey crying, laughing. And I, I could just hear Leo, and I, and I went, what are they saying? Obviously, he told us what they say. And I just put my thumbs up and started <laughs> laughing. And then from a brand, there'd be about 15 people singing it. It just, it just spread, and, and, and that was it. It just it took oh, on its own new it life. It's, it's just it's iconic, as we say, isn't it? It is, it's yeah. Probably, you know, it will never leave the yeah. vocabulary from, from, <laughs> from any Sunderland fan, I don't think. Yeah. What I, was I, the I, I started lots of times. I'm in the place that time. On the table shouting it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess finally all I would like to ask from a, um, a career perspective is what was it like to from going from being a obviously growing up being a prolific centre forward and then playing up front for Sunderland at a time when Peter Reid was making massive changes to the squad 
but instead of sort of shipping you out like he did with other players, he just turned you in a centre half. Was that? He, it didn't. That he didn't turn us. That's what I'm saying. When when Mick Buxton was uh, was manager, God. Or did God. he do it before Reid? Did he? It became this, uh, like a necessity for me because I could do both. It, it came quite. I was okay doing both, and in fact, towards. I really realised I was probably a better centre half than I was a centre forward because I, I didn't get as much as, as anxious as I did when I used to when I centre forward. I, I, I got really anxious about you know, having that weight of responsibility of scoring a goal or creating something. So just to get out the back and head it and kick it was was right up my street. But uh, so I would play centre half for the reserves and then I would be up front on a Saturday, <laughs> which was just unbelievable. But but then obviously Peter brought in uh, Ned Kelly, he brought in Paul Stewart, he brought in a, a few, and, a, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the back and then I'm thinking, well, there's only Mel and, and uh, Richard Ord, I've got more of a chance being a centre-off than, than I have a centre-forward. But but even that, when we brought in Jan Eriksson as well, there was a, a World Cup. You know, World Cup and he didn't last long, did he? he? Didn't. <laughs> and for me to be ahead of him, you know, sometimes when I reflect on that, I just think, oh, I mustn't have been too bad. But again, I, I try to Poke, poke fun at myself as well. The guy at, at Premier Passions who came out with it, and the place was laughing. And I just thought, Do you know what? Decidedly average playing for Sunderland. I'll take that all day. So massively violent and decidedly average is the autobiography by Lee Howie. And where, can out, you, where can you buy it? It's right. out from a deer. Yeah, it's out of deer. Uh, you can actually buy it in Waterstones, but I've got a website and I'm trying to sell it myself, and I can sign them and send them out. So that sounds like a better option. We'll share, yeah. we'll share the link out on yeah. that. And we're gonna, yeah. you brought one for us to give away, haven't you? I've brought. Well, you can have one because that's our, your one. If you want to read oh, it. All right, okay. And then I'll, 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 I'll whoever wins the competition because it's better than the Westerns burgers. So I'll massively uh, disgusting. Whoever wins, I'll, I'll sign it and you can, uh, yeah, and you can we'll come and click. Yeah, we'll get you to sign that one, and we'll come up with a question for next week. Yeah, we will that. do. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll do um, that. We've got. Shall we finish with a, a Quick, question? Yeah, and then it'll kind of brings it back to modern day. Rob Tate at Rob Tate eighty seven. I think uh, he thinks Jack Rodwell's related to to you because he's describing him in this, with the same language as, as the song that refers <laughs> to your brother. It says, um, "Ask him how he would feel about being at the same club as Jack Rodwell and what he just chinned the right. word rude word." Well, you think of the. Did you ever come across any anything like that? No, no, because it would be stamped out. It's for for me. It's it's uh, it's it's alien to be in a dressing room. I've been in a dressing room when I've had a couple of shirts, but they've been told. I mean, you think you're in a dressing room with Kevin Ball, yeah, and and, and there's there's myself, and there was a few 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 characters, Alex Rear and stuff. Like that. Just just wouldn't have stood for it. Just wouldn't have stood for it. I mean, there would have just been training would have been. They would have they would have had to run cricket pads if uh, if if they'd come out with something like that. It just just wouldn't be. Wouldn't be seen. I mean, the, the comparison. I mean, you talk about your situation and what happened at Ipswich, and then mm. come back to Sunderland, coming up. You, you played for Plains Farm. I played for Plains Farm <laughs> when I was a kid, right? <laughs> you know, you're, play, you're playing for Plains Farm because you want to play football and you want to get back to, yeah. to what, what you had and was taken away from you. And you got somebody there who apparently turns down, says he just wants to play football, then turns down a good loan move on, yeah. on deadline day. Yeah. You know, it, does it. And he's in the he you know you were probably like what three years off playing yeah, in an yeah. era yeah. where you probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to us if you if you'd played. I in still that would. Era. Oh, I know. I still would. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, but again, I, I hint another. But yeah, I didn't. And I, when I finished football, I came out of it with not a penny in my pocket really. You know, and, and I ended up getting a job. But 
I wouldn't change my life for for anything, all these riches and stuff, because we had fun. I mean, like, real fun. And it's all, you know, everything's in there. I've, it's not about games and stuff like that. It's about the fun we had. It's about the fights we had. It's about is the team going out, Christmas parties, and virtually everyone ended up in a fight. I mean, that's just... fancy dress one? There's, there's, and yeah. there's more. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone ended in. We were Lumley Castle. We're, we're everywhere. It's, it's just shame, uh, John Austin wasn't playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right in, not he? But, but that's where we were. Turned up his air rifle. Yeah. I raise you your fist. His air rifle in his eye. <laughs> but uh, you might have told you what happened at the Leeds Christmas party, yeah, which you won't tell us about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was just. Uh, there were good times where we were we were we were allowed to be men and young men about it with a, a few quid in our pockets. So it was. There were great great times. Well, we appreciate you for coming in, Lee, and speaking to us about your career and about your book. And I don't want to, I didn't want to get to you to give away too much because I, I, you know, I certainly think people would be interested um, in going to buy it because it's it's from an era where we're all nostalgic about, really, isn't well, it? I think from, the, from the, point the last well, days of Roker Park and stuff like that. We I always, think I think the point as well is, you know, I know Tony made the point, you know, just because you didn't win the Champions League and didn't, you know, do this, that, and the other, and play 50, have fifty caps for England, you know that. The, the person that write that writes that book it's going to be pretty vanilla isn't it? yeah and yeah, like yeah. you know this, the I've read them all the boring and, and this is this is you know you hear you know people talk about Paul McGrath's book and stuff like obviously he played a very high level yeah. but you know interesting stories and you know just because uh, like like Tony says it's it's not about that you know it's it's real and I think you know I'm really looking forward to reading it it's yeah. you'll have a laugh it is it's you'll you'll have have a few giggles at what goes on. Okay, well, we appreciate um, you coming in. I know you work Saturdays, so we can't uh, we can't rope you into the Peacock uh, gig. <laughs> We've got Gordon Armstrong this week, haven't we? Oh, we have. Yeah, we should have mentioned that, shouldn't oh, we? Yeah, yeah, We've run out of time. Send, send, yeah, yeah. send him my best. Send yeah. Gordon my best. He's so been in a couple of times anyway, but it's been a while since. Yeah, been, yeah. it was tell, tell him he's in the book as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times. Well, I'll find I'll find <laughs> a little bit and maybe read it out. <laughs> well, yeah, you come yeah come along on on Saturday's usual uh, time um, and and have, you know be previewing the. Switch game, and I'm sure Gordon, as always, will have some really interesting takes on you know that. And, and he's a, you know, as an agent as well, maybe we'll ask him a bit about deadline day and some mm. of the stuff that goes on there, so that might be quite interesting as well. Yeah, uh, so we, about one o'clock at the peak on yeah. Saturday, we have run over, um, but it was worth it. it. Was worth so it. I'd like to thank Lee uh, Tony, who sneaked out quite a while ago. Yeah, got book signing, book oh. launch on the fifth upstairs in the peacock. Yeah. Anybody's welcome. It's all going down at the yeah. Peacock. It's a place to be. The fifth of this. So what day is that? Monday. Monday. This Monday. Yeah. Right. Monday coming up. Okay. Come down after the show on Monday. Yeah. Right. Thanks for coming in and thanks for listening. Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.